Welcome to Leaders We Drive with Dr. Neslin. Today I have very special guests for you and we will be sharing about leadership and what is it that motivi motivates these brilliant leaders. Stay tuned. This is Rich Woman Magazine and hosted by Dr. Neslin Watson-Dre leaders which drive and today i have a very special guest and i'm almost so emotional about this guest when i talk about leaders which drive i talk about that inner resilience always to bounce back i talk about vision i talk about aspiration but let me share rose's biography with you and you will get the sense why my feelings for Rose is coming out so strong. Rose is a residential children's home support worker with varying qualifications in the field of psychology, youth work, safeguarding, and she is a master NLP practitioner and a lot more. This was not always the case. Rose has had an extremely abusive childhood. She has experienced abuse, both physical and sexual, as well as severe neglect. As a result, Rose was taken into care and at age 18, at age 13 years. Rose has had various placements, but never settled in a family environment and always ran back to the children's home. Rose was always a high achiever in school, predicted great grades with a bright future, despite all that she had been through at home. She found school as an escape and the one place she had value and she could receive the kind of praise. She felt very valued at school and she received any kind of praise there just gives her even more strength. But at 16, Rose was left to fend for herself in a hostel for homeless women. She was about to sit her exams, but no longer desired to go to school as there was no longer an escape and everyone knew her circumstances. She found it impossible to return and ended up with zero qualifications and no direction. Rose had suffered a series of tragedies from losing loved ones, being bombed, living on streets, being raped, burglary, attempted kidnap and more. At 18, Rose was diagnosed with ongoing traumas, post-traumatic stress disorder and social anxiety disorder. Rose had a breakdown at 22 and she tried to take her life and found herself in supported living. This was Rose's first real home. Rose had 50 addresses before she was the age of 21. She started therapy and she continued in therapy for 10 years. Rose felt the need and the drive just to keep going. She decided to go to night school and studied psychology and counseling, and she got all the grades she missed out on in school. 
Rose was still suffering from extreme post-traumatic stress disorder. And even when qualified, she wasn't able to work with such severe symptoms. It's amazing that she got through the courses as well. But Rose never gave up. So Rose had a long-term partner with whom she fathered a child at when she was age 31. And this was when Rose moved into her first real home. And this changes Rose's whole outlook on life. And she began to study again, this time to get an Ofsted qualifications to set up her own business. Rose did this with great success and had a huge waiting list and became a valuable resource to community. In this job, she enabled herself to live the childhood she never had, and it was so immensely healing for her. Rose always tried to help struggling moms. And in 2016, Rose became seriously ill and lost her business overnight. And after a hysterectomy going wrong, getting sepsis from the operation and a marriage breakdown and more, Rose was in and out of comas and having seizures. She was bedbound and had to learn to walk and talk properly again. Rose was in and out of hospital for several years and was on over 90 tablets a day. Rose had developed multiple conditions and had severe diagnosis she would live with forever. That was what was said. But the inner drive, the inner spirit lives on. Rose no longer takes medication and is no longer in therapy. She is now a qualified NLP master and Ho'oponopono practitioner. She has studied solidly to get her diplomas in youth work, child psychology, and more. Rose was baptized in 2014 and found her own way to religion. However, Rose has developed spiritually in massively beyond religion over the last three years and has found her own inner peace. She has found her, that peace. She has found a passion and a purpose, which is to serve others and especially those who have been through what some of the things that she has experienced. She continues to study and doesn't see herself stopping. Rose's health is not always great, but it doesn't hold her back. Her only son means the world to her. And she's determined to leave a lasting legacy for him to be proud of. And so she knows she has left the world more fulfilling and that she has made a difference. Rose is continuing her studies and she is a believer in meditational practices. And of course, I could say more. But at this stage, I, the mic is yours, Rose. And my first question to you, Rose, what has given you the inner drive and the inner strength to survive all that you have survived? The mic is yours, Rose. Thank you so much, Neslin. Sorry, it's made me a bit tearful listening to someone else reading my story. What's given me the drive? Since a child, I've always had the drive. I 
I always say my biggest inspiration were my family and the people I grew up around because I never wanted to be that way. And I knew from a child that it wasn't right. I was never going to be that way. And what's given my drive now is most definitely my son, but wanting to make a difference, wanting to help those that have been through the kind of things that I've been through and don't have the support and don't have the answers and don't know how to move forward. Perfect. And within that, Rose, what are your values? What have you valued? You've been through so much. I, I think my biggest value, I think my values are my strengths, to be honest. My biggest value is integrity. I'm loyal. I'm authentic. I've got commitment and drive. I'm a big believer in forgiveness. No matter what, I forgive, and that's rare. But it, it's something I hold really dear to my heart that you need to forgive and love. Determination, optimism, courage, I don't know, persistence. Authentic. And so what does authentic mean to you, Rose? You said to be authentic. What does that really mean to you? To be real, to be myself, to be completely who I am without fear of judgment, without you know, just, just being me. And that is including all the values I've just spoken about. Yeah. To be real, to be really real and not to be afraid to be real. Integrity is one of your key values. And when we see the struggles that young people who are in care go through, <sighs> and when we see the failures of the policies within this country, in the United Kingdom, which is a rich country, what would you want to say to our leaders who are in government about integrity? I'd say they're seriously lacking in some awesome knowledge. I, the system is, I'm sorry to say, but I believe the system is completely broken. There are children being let down on every level on a daily basis due to policies and procedures or just staff that are in the care and industry not doing the job they should be doing. There are laws not in place. There are, are homes that are not regulated. There are children of 16, 17-year-olds on the streets on a nightly basis with no help because they fall into a grey It frustrates me to no end, Neslin, and that's why I'm doing my best to make a difference as and where I can. But that's where I see myself and that's why I'm studying so hard and doing case studies and working so hard to try and shake up the system because it's wrong on so many levels it's heartbreaking and we to see... think sorry to think that it was well over 20 years ago that i was in care and not a lot has changed since the only thing that i really see has changed is the children's home that i've witnessed anyway have fewer children in but there's always Yes, you're there, Sir Rose. Okay, sorry, it clouds a bit. But there's there's a lack of consistency with staff. There's there's so much I could talk about on this subject. I'm finding it very rewarding, but very frustrating when you have to turn a 16-year-old out onto the streets and nobody wants to help and nobody can help and it's being passed on to 
someone else and you see that child the next day come home soaking who's clearly walked the streets all night in danger with nowhere to go because they're being abused and no one's listening and as you say that you know without others having to read into it when you have a, a, a young woman a young child comes to you who's been sexually abused who says that she's been sexually abused in her own home and yet the system sends her back into the home to oh. be abused and she turns up the next day in even a more ragged way. Yeah. Yeah. That's happening a lot. And it's, I've tried the police. I've tried emergency social services. I've tried charities. Uh, I do my best, but one girl thankfully got housed yesterday for me, from me. So I'm happy about that, but she's, she's one of many. And this is what turns the children into even more vulnerable you know they, they become exploited they become members of gangs criminal county lines and stuff and it's really easy for that to happen when they're in this vulnerable situation absolutely so rose against all the odds what is your vision for children in care and children who are abused i want them to have the same rights as everybody else. I want them to be in a loving environment. I want them to have a roof over their head and feel secure. I want them to have access to everything that every human should have. A roof over their head is the bare minimum. I want them to have support and I want them to be heard. And their voices aren't heard most of the time and that's where the system is failing them. And who are the people from your perspective, Rose, who could be most useful to you at this moment? Because some of it, you're, it almost seems as if you're um, fighting a, 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 a one woman's battle. I know you have got a current, you have got a current boss who... Um, He's incredible. He yes. is incredible. There's the, the children obviously in care. They don't necessarily want to engage sometimes. I'm not, I'm talking about more like care leavers now. The children in care, they struggle to engage and they struggle with the lack of consistency with staff, especially social workers change all the time. They don't have key workers or a specific person they go to, which when you've come from a broken home, it's hard to trust anyway. You don't want to trust or let anyone in. And if this person, your social worker's changing every few weeks or your key worker is is leaving every few weeks and it makes you you don't want to engage so it's difficult but i feel that social services should play a bigger part in these children's lives and they should be making more of an effort even to of a night time say i'm missing a child reporting from home i'm reporting a child missing from home I'd call the emergency duty team but the police come out and even though you call the police they do like a schema everything about the child that's gone missing but then they come around and spend four hours at the placement and that's a waste in my opinion that should be a social worker the, the social workers are only on the phone oh, and I, I was speaking to the police about this the other day they, and they were saying that it would be really good to have a police officer a social worker at the police stations or a social worker driving around with them because it's just tripling their paperwork <laughs> and, and this is where it gets passed from one person to another and the job doesn't get finished and Rose, if you had, say, a genie was to wave a wand and you found yourself 
in uh, having to speak to the select committee in parliament what would you say to the select committee say that there's a massive grey area for 16 and 17 year olds that needs to be addressed immediately. I'd say that there's not enough placements for children, that children when they report abuse are not being heard. There's a lot, I'd say there's a lot of policies and procedures that need adjusting. But yeah, I think there's a lot more needed. I like the idea of more youth clubs, more places for children to go where they can hang out where there is support and information and guidance where there is where they can access everything they need i know for in where i worked in chester there was a six month waiting list for 16 to 17 year olds to get housed and even then you need to do a form with a charity and a social worker and if a social worker said no that child can go home then you know that child's stuck absolutely and if members of parliament and members from the House of Lords were listening to this podcast, what is it you'd want them to hear? I want them to hear that there's not enough being done. There's an absolute lack of resources for the younger generation anyway, and especially the vulnerable children. And it's unacceptable. It's absolutely unacceptable that 16, 17 year olds are left to fend for themselves on the streets and are exposed to all kinds of stuff and they're wondering why kids are getting into gangs or being exploited and the, the answer's simple, there's nothing for them. There's nothing for them. No, there's nothing for them. In terms of, you know, in terms of them to get help, there is nothing I don't see. Unless they have been given a care order or it's gone to court, there is nothing for them. And kids are afraid to speak up, obviously, when they've been abused or when they're struggling or when the relationships have broke down at home. And I tell you something else, since COVID, the number of children that have experienced severe abuse at home has just quadrupled. And I've spoken to charities who have said, we just we just can't do anymore. There is no more funds. We, we've got no more, there's nothing else we can do. So in a world where we are talking about peace, in yeah. a world, within our world anyway, within this house, within yeah. clubhouse, we are talking <laughs> about peace and uh, we are talking about a, a better life for others. We are talking about changing the world. How would you want to change this world? I would just like more for the younger generation. I think the world we're living in right now with the TV and social media, I think it needs to be regulated. That's a whole other story. But I think that we need to be looking out for our younger generation a lot more than we are and be aware of what they're at risk of and, you know, what they're going through because I feel like they're being, they've been forgotten, if that makes sense. When I watch this, I don't watch TV as a rule, but when I see what's on TV these days and when I hear the music some of these kids are listening to or the things they're engaging in on social media, it's a whole different world and it's a dangerous world and there should be regulations that, that just aren't and it, it's scary. It is scary. And children are our future. Exactly. And, and I don't know a single child that I've met that wants to be a teacher, that wants to be a doctor, or that wants to be a police officer because of the way our world has gone. And it's all about 
it's all about social media at the moment it's all about faking it till you're making it it's all about posting your selfies it's all about kids aren't being taught to love themselves kids aren't being taught self-respect kids aren't being taught any of the values that that I, I believe that they should have and should just know yes Rose you have bounced back from so much how do you bounce how do you bounce back from what life has thrown to you and I, I have shared with the audience some of the challenges that you've been through and there are others that we haven't shared there are many but, others but what is it what is it within you especially when coming out of comas and what is it you feel within you that tells you that you are here for a purpose? That's exactly it. That's what I believe. I'm here for a purpose. This cannot be what my life was about. All this stuff that's happened to me cannot be it. Don't get me wrong, Neslin. There's been times where I found it really hard to get back up. I found it like I was crushed, but I have the tools and I have God and I have my meditation and I know that it's for a purpose and everything I've been through, not one of those things that I've been through hasn't changed another's life in a positive aspect in some way or another. So even the worst experiences of my life have helped others in one way or another. And I just believe that I'm a fighter. I always have been and I will not go to my grave being a victim or that was it, that was my life. It's just not gonna happen. My son, it's, he's just got me and his dad. We don't have any extended family. There's nobody else. It's massively important to me that my son sees my values, my, my, what I'm trying to do. And he's a beautiful boy. Real proud, mummy. He's a beautiful boy. <laughs> and despite him having no more family, aunties, uncles, nans, granddads, he is just doing amazing. And he drives me to be a better person every day. That's so beautiful. He's my angel without wings. That's what I call him. He actually said to me, Mummy, you didn't give birth to me. I chose you. <laughs> How wise. <laughs> He's an old soul. He's an old soul. So, Rose, your, your beloved son has had an impact on you. Who else has had an impact on you? Yourself, obviously. My husband has been there the, the whole way through. Despite our challenges, he's always been there. Impact on me. So I remember people, see, this is what drives me as well. I remember people from the children's home. I remember certain teachers. I remember people that had a big impact on me and turn, turned me in the right direction. Not realising it at the time, but looking back now, there were some key people in my life, which I am, I hope now, to other kids. What more would you want to say about your son and the impact he has had on you? He taught me unconditional love. He taught me what it was to... He taught me family. He taught me to, to be a mum. He taught, he's taught me what it is to want to give a child everything I never had. No, I would have had loads if I hadn't had my hysterectomy. <laughs> I'd probably been like 14 kids, a football team. But he just, he's, he's just taught me what it is to love without limits. And 
to want to be so much better for him and for his future and his future is what I think about all the time and the world he's growing up in now he's very innocent he's only just been given his first computer game I used to put a, t a canvas in front of the tv didn't even know a tv existed until he was like six years old <laughs> so I'm quite old-fashioned with him but it's done him good it's done him real good mm -hmm. so if you had to just um remind me what your key strengths are what would you say those strengths are, Rose? Determination. Yes! <laughs> Persistence. Compassion. Integrity. Courage. And love. Love and forgiveness. Yeah. Very powerful. I don't think if you don't love yourself, then the path to, to self-love is, is everything as far as I'm concerned. If you don't love yourself, then, you know, it's impossible to be loved and to love fully. And I think that's really important. Hmm. Took me a long time. Took me a long time to get there. <laughs> but you've got there. Oh, and that's I the have. important I thing. <laughs> and life is a journey and the journey continues. It's not, it's not yep. a destination. The journey continues. Yeah, and every day is a chance for a new, a new start, as far as I'm concerned. And from where you are now, if you were looking back and speaking with your older self, what are some of the key messages you'd want to give to that younger self? Learn to say no. Stop putting yourself last. Forgive. You're a child of God. Don't wait to be rescued because no one's coming to save you um, is a big one. I, for a long time, I was looking for my rescuer, for someone to solve my problems, and I had to do it myself, but for a long time. And get out of your safe zone, and you're enough, you're worth it, and be kind. Be kind. I was angry for quite a few years, obviously. I was angry at the world. I was angry at everyone. I was angry, just an angry person as a teenager. So I, I wasn't unkind, but I was angry. And I'd, I'd say to, yeah, maybe drop the anger because it, it changes your whole being and your whole world. You can't carry that around. Yeah. And so... I'm aware that, intuitively, I'm aware that there will be a number of questions that are, would be coming from the audience. So my last question to you, what are some of the key messages you'd like to leave with this audience? We've had the messages that you, we want to give to the politicians, but what are the messages you want to leave with this audience? Mm. don't be a prisoner to your past it's not a life sentence it's a lesson don't be ashamed how many times you've fallen be proud of how many times you've got up really all we've got is now and make the most of now I see time as a currency so spend it wisely um, when you find your passion work it's, is no longer a job invest in yourself and like I said love yourself first completely then you can 
love and receive love fully. The only path to real love is self-love. How brilliant. And I'd like to hold that energy in the room. The path to love is self-love. And that generates so kindly with peace. So, Rose, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And now stay with us. You complete me. Bless I, you. I am so proud of you, Rose. Thank it's you. It's very difficult for me to speak with you without getting emotional. <laughs> and if I have got emotional in this interview, <laughs> it's because I love you so much. Oh, appreciate what you've been through and appreciate the difference that you are making in the world. And so I'd like to open the mic with the help of uh, Dr. Marina and others. I'd like to open the mic to members in the room. Thank you, Rose. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by MTN Press. MTN Press is the publishing house behind niche publications like Rich Human, Sovereign and the Quantum of Light magazines, all British brands with a global reach. They deliver the good news straight to the desk of decision makers, the CEOs, presidents, CFOs, consultants, investors, influencers, bankers, PR agencies, heads of global operations, to name just a few. They also offer specialized support through a range of bespoke services, tools, and systems to help publishers like you grow both their presence and business. Whether you are running a blog, a niche magazine, or thinking to start one, their expert knowledge in the world of publishing can give you the tools and the expertise and the confidence you need to succeed. Check them out at mtnpress.com. .co.uk or follow the link in the episode description.